0: You're listening to the Buildify Method Podcast, where we're all about mindset, systems, and profit. As a nationally recognized business consultant, coach, and speaker, your host Aaron Keith is passionate about supporting the entrepreneur community by sharing his knowledge gained from coaching over 10,000 entrepreneurs in nearly 20 years. At companies ranging from billion-dollar enterprises and celebrities all the way to Main Street and small startups. Each Bill Desode's blunt, no bullshit conversation is led by Aaron along with his co-host Ryan Coyne, a veteran tech consultant and nationally recognized speaker. Each week, Aaron and Ryan deconstruct mental and physical aspects of the topics that challenge all successful entrepreneurs while also providing coaching, insight, and specific advice on distinctions that affect all growth-minded entrepreneurs. So listen up, it's time to work on your business, not just in your business.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Buildify Method podcast. My name is Aaron Keith. And I'm joined with my co-host, Ryan Coyne. We are so, so excited about jumping into this material today. We've been waiting for months and
0: months and months to record this. Thank you, Aaron. Yes, today's Buildisode is about the brain science of marketing and sales. This is a topic that is rarely discussed, that the public doesn't hear about. The group that it is used on every single second of their day, interacting with companies and brands of all kinds. It's, it's whispered about by gurus, talked about backstage at conferences, and yet most people aren't aware that it even exists. So true.
1: So there's a total of five stages that the human brain moves through when it's buying something. And when I say buying something, I don't just mean in, in your business. I mean in all areas of life. The shirt that you're wearing right now, someone applied these stages to you which had you or impacted you in the buying process or the choice to choose that shirt over another shirt, the, the car that you're driving, the, the coffee you're drinking and where you went to go get that cup of coffee. Even in dating, these five stages apply to almost everything that we're doing that requires choice. So it's really amazing to look at this, obviously from a business perspective because we own businesses, but you can also look and see where this is being applied to you or where you want to apply this. In building relationships at a at a, at a party or in an event, when you're on stage talking or when you're interacting with your with your staff, these stages apply to almost everything in life. So this is really powerful. So we're excited for you to take notes. You know, get get yourself into a spot where you can write down some notes and, and, and jot things down. I really, really encourage you. Ryan and I encourage you to when you're done with this uh, build a code. Talk with your staff about this, talk with your sales team, talk to other fellow entrepreneurs and, and banter with this, really start to learn about this. And how we learn often often is really engaging with another person and sharing what we're seeing and, and having that conversation with each one of these stages and phases. That banter, that interactions can help you integrate this information into your own life. And you'll be sharing really valuable information with your friends
0: and colleagues. So let's dive on in. So, Aaron, you said that there are five stages the brain moves through. When it buy something, right now you we we talked about this you know prior to putting the episode together, the first two stages apply to marketing, and the remaining three stages apply to sales. Correct. So can you take us take us through stage one of that, please? Sure. Stage one, everybody.
1: So this is what you want to write down. Stage one is: is this credible? Their brain is trying to figure out: is this credible? That means: are you credible? Is your company credible? Is your product or service credible? So let's dive into the formula for this stage. So each stage is going to have a formula, and how you uh, insert or or deliver the stage. So in this stage, when you're starting to interact with a person, so at this at this stage they're they're a lead, and the person's trying to understand are you credible? Is the company that you're with or that you own credible? Is the product or service that you're wanting to talk to me about credible? The other aspect of this is you have to look at all aspects of the business because that's what they're looking at. They're trying to understand, are you credible? So what does that look like? How you dress has an impact on your credibility. Your eye contact has an impact on your credibility, how you speak, how you're carrying yourself. Your company's branding, your social media presence, your website, your collateral material, all of these different things are pointing to, are you credible or not credible? You have a horrible website, it's going to diminish your credibility. You show up uh, to a sales meeting or a marketing meeting with a, with a prospective client and you're wearing flip-flops and torn jeans. It's going to erode your credibility. So everything that you're doing, saying all the different aspects of your company's collateral material and presence, all formulate and correlate together to showcase to this potential person,
0: they are either credible or they're not. So that's that's an interesting breakdown of what are the different factors that somebody's kind of sizing you up and sizing your business up about through that first stage, right? So. Right. You don't want to necessarily uh, be broadcasting inauthenticity of each of those things either, right? If I'm going to show up to a Zoom call wearing a tuxedo, that's a little too far, right? Mm-hmm, right. So the authenticity, which we've covered in a previous build-a-sode, is something that you also want to make sure is coming through in those things. With that said, what's the impact of that first stage? Like what happens if it's if it's something that you flub?
1: Yeah, the impact is really, really specific here. With this phase, it's very specific. So here's what we're trying to do. The person, if the person thinks that you're credible, they will listen to you and accept what you're saying as true and accurate. If they can't tell if you're credible, they'll judge and evaluate you, which we don't want, right? Someone's going to judge and evaluate you means they're they're assessing what you're saying, like, I don't know, is that true? Is that accurate? Do I believe this person? So at this phase, if we haven't done a really good job creating your credibility, they're judging and evaluating you, which means they're not tracking necessarily with what you're saying. So you're trying to move them through a sales process and they're like hemming and hawing and kind of, kind of following you, but they're judging you. On the other end of this, if you've created your credibility, well, they've now accepted what you're saying is true and accurate. They're believing you. So they start to move with you faster and in a more engaged manner through your sales process. So it's a really big, uh, really big distinction
0: here. Really big difference if you can get your credibility across. So what's the marketing application for that? You know, like you've got to be incorporating that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's so much application here. The the application
1: on this phase or this stage, stage one, is is pretty significant, Um, and it it spans a lot of different things. So so Ryan, you've seen this with all the companies that you work with over the years. You actually see this sometimes more than I do. It could be their website. It could be their collateral material. It could be how uh, organized the business is in moving a prospective client through the process. I mean, you've worked for companies, you've been on the, the other side of these companies, but you work with a lot of startups where you see people that the they're just not organized, right? The, the staffing, the systems and processes are not organized. So as they're bringing prospective clients through the process, this client's like, wow, this, this company seems unorganized and, and a little disshuffled. Yeah, and I call erode- them
0: undermining okay. factors. Undermining factors are the things that just erode away and take away, like you can start so high, you can have an awesome product, you can have awesome people, but those are the kinds of things that just start chopping down the tree unnecessarily. Absolutely, and that's what credibility is you know,
1: is this person credible? Is this company credible? Is their product or service credible? You might have, like you said, the best product or service in the country, but your process is a little janky and it starts to undermine it immediately. So here's what we recommend at this stage. If you really want to get your, your, your first stage in place in your corporation, you got to look at everything at once. Look at how everyone's dressed. Look at how everyone in your organization is speaking to potential customers. Look at how they're carrying themselves. Look at their social media, your your social media presence or their social media presence. Look at all your collateral material. Look at the website. So what I have a lot of companies do, Ryan, I'm sure you've, you've done this too. You actually get everyone into a boardroom. You open up a laptop. You put the website of your company up on the laptop, you lay out all your collateral material across the whole boardroom, and everybody goes piece by piece and says, all right, is our collateral material even cohesive? Is credibility being infused into this, uh, you know, into all of our aspects? And to see, there's a lot of companies that come across, especially as small business owners, it's, it's not the website looks one way. The collateral material has a totally different color palette. It's not cohesive. And people just don't know how to speak. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I run into people just do not know how to speak.
0: Or they have too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I recommend to a lot of people, and we've discussed this before too. It's important to anoint the different members of your team that are clearly better than the rest of them to be the final decision or the final say, and to not bring every single thing up to a party vote. Right. You know, now the the last point that I want to bring up in this, in this stage, and so it's.
1: After you look at your collateral material, your collateral material, you've looked at how everyone is is conducting themselves in your systems and processes. And this is a really big one for everybody to write down. Know your credibility points. Memorize your credibility points. Make sure that all of your frontline staff that's interacting with any potential customers or customers absolutely knows their credibility points. Because when they're talking to a prospective client or a lead, they need to know these are the four, five, six credibility points. So if, if, if that was for me to give everyone an example, how many years I've been in business? I've been in business for over 20 years. I've coached over 10,000 companies, worked from billion dollar companies all the way down to small startups. I know all my credibility points wrote. Like I know it, like the minute I wake up in the morning. You need to make sure that you have a piece of paper that is in your manual that all of your staff has memorized. And they are just... They they don't like it's their own. They know those
0: credibility points. That's so, so, so important. All right, so let's move into the next phase. And remember, phase two is also involved in marketing, right? So tell us more about stage two. Yeah. So in this phase, a person's brain is trying to figure out how does what
1: you do, your product, your service, apply to me? So the the title of phase two or stage two is how does this apply to me? The human brain is trying to figure out how does your product, your service, your business, how does it apply to me in my life? And if they don't figure this out, they're not gonna engage with us. So it's really, really critical that we know how to nail this one.
0: So what's exactly, what's the formula for stage two that we can follow and break down? It's a really good question. So in this one, it's a little bit more systematic.
1: So we wanna make sure that at this stage, you have a sales process that specifically gathers the potential client or the lead's goals, challenges, and concerns. This is mandatory at this phase. We need this information. This this information is clutch in moving through the rest of the phases. So again, you have to have a system or a process for gathering from the client or the potential client, the lead, what are your goals? What are your challenges? What are your concerns? What's important to you? We have to get this information. Next, we need to reinforce to them that our product, our service, our company has the ability to make a difference in that area. We have the capability of getting them the results that they're looking for. So at this phase, their brain is is hungry for how does this apply to me and my goals? So we have to show them, here's how our product, our service applies to their goals. Here's how our product or service applies to their challenges, their concerns, when they see that correlation, they stay engaged in our process. They want to learn more. So then here's what happens next. This is a really important part of our formula, and you guys want to want to write this down. We need to know what your differentiations are. As a business owner, what are the things that make us different than other products on the market, other services on the market, our competitors? What are differentiating points? So we have to be very clear very crisp and deliver to them. Here's how we're different. Because again, when they see how we're different, they better understand how, what we do is applying to them in their life. So not only do we need to get their goals and their challenges and explain how our product or service applies to that, but then we layer on top of it. Again, these are differentiating points. Here's how we're better, faster, stronger than everyone else. So at this point, They should be really engaging with us like, wow, I really see how what you do applies to me. and I'm getting excited about that. It sounds like you might be able to help me. This this could be a possibility. So they're starting to pique their interest. Their interest is starting to build. Remember, all five of these stages, it has a, a ramp up or a momentum to the
0: totality of these five stages. So what exactly is the impact? of stage two on my business? If I'm trying to incorporate these things, I'm breaking down this formula. What happens if this is not taken care of properly? What happens if we don't give it the right attention? Oh, man. I
1: mean, I'm sure you've seen this a lot. When, When a company is not doing a great job conveying how our product or service can directly impact someone and help them and letting them know how we're different than other products or services, then they stop engaging with us. The the marketing that we're sending out stops being uh, engaging to them, just period. So you'll start to notice that engagement rates drop, open rates drop. Uh, people will fall off your mailing list. People will stop taking your phone calls. They'll stop responding to your emails. You'll notice the whole relationship starts to erode and the person becomes more flaky or straight up stops engaging with us altogether.
0: So it's a it's a, it's a serious phase. So what's the marketing application for all that that we've accomplished in stage two? How do we incorporate that? Yeah, it's a really good question. And this
1: is, again, this is a really, really specific set of systems that you want to make sure you build into your sales process. So I think the, the first one that I would, I would look at is your sales process needs to have an aspect to it where you're gathering someone's goals and gathering someone's challenges so make sure that in your sales process, there is some mechanism. There's a very clear process or system where you're spending time extracting valuable data. So whether that's their goals, their challenges, their concerns, what they're looking for, their needs, their wants, whatever that is for your business and your industry, your sales process has to get that information at the stage has to, mm. and then next you have to really clearly deliver your differentiating points to this prospective client, this lead. And it needs to be how your product is different, how your service is different, how your business is different, how you're different. So don't just rely on the differentiating points for your product or service. Go beyond that. How are you different? How is your company different? The more places you can show differentiation, how you're better, faster, stronger than your competition, the better this client is going to engage in you and see hope that you might be able to get them what they're looking for.
0: Wow. Okay. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense that that's exactly the impact that's going to have on the mentality of the people that we're working with. You know, I mean, that's, that's exactly what we want. So that makes a lot of sense. And can you take us into how the next phase starts our transition into sales, right? So, what, it, what it, stages three through five is all the sales related stuff after we've focused on the marketing brain science. Um, can you take us through the distinct parts of what stage three has in store for us? Absolutely, Ryan. And and this is a really big one. You know, I'd love for you to kind of weigh in on this as,
1: as we go through this as well to hear, because you're really good at language. You're very good at understanding the behavioral science and the brain science that's, that's in emails, that's in conversations, that's in how things are presented to people. And this phase Or this stage is all about that. So everybody who's listening to this, you got to really perk your ears for this one. Stage three is the crescendo of this whole conversation, right? So stage one and stage two are marketing. Stage three, four, and five move into sales. And since stage three is the crescendo of this whole conversation, it's really complicated. There's a lot of moving parts to this one. So just make sure you're taking really good notes. So the first thing I want to say about this stage is it has two distinct parts. It's not linear. It's not part one, part two. There's just two parts. So you don't have to do part one first, part two second. You want to do them in tandem. Think of it as a synergistic stage. Both of these things are happening simultaneously together. They're interacting with each other in the same chunk of time. So in stage three, part one that we're going to cover is, is this worth it? The human brain's trying to figure out is, is this worth it? Is it worth it to me? Is it worth it to my my company? Is this worth it? Is it worth the time, the hassle, the inconvenience? Is it worth the money? That's what the brain's trying to figure out. Now, part two, what results am I going to get? They're trying to understand what results am I going to get if I engage with this product or service. So let's go through these separately. So the first one I want to do is, is this worth it? So again, the person's trying to understand, like, is is this worth my time, my energy, the hassle? You as the person delivering this or your sales team have to nail this piece. It has to be very, very clear. Now let's look at how do we nail this piece? How we do it is through impact. We have to show them the impact of them not utilizing our product or service. How I like to do this is starting actually with their goals and challenges. So that's why this is all building up. In our last stage, we dealt with extracting their goals, their challenges, their concerns, and whatnot. In this stage, you're going to take their goals, their challenges, and you're going to show them the impact on them, their employees, their customers, their reputation, how they stack up in the marketplace. We have to show them the impact of what it's like. If they don't fix these challenges and achieve the goals they're setting out to achieve. So this is a brutal stage. This is where some people get really, uh, really caught up, Ryan. They're not pushing hard enough. They're being too nice at this stage. You need the person bleeding on the floor, so to speak. You're, you're kind of kicking them here. You're, you're making them feel the pain. Remember from a behavioral science perspective, if someone doesn't feel the impact They don't make a state change in their life. They'll keep on keeping on because it doesn't sting enough.
0: Yeah. And that's a dangerous thing. I mean, it's, it's something that's really common in the tech industry is uh, selling out of fear, right? Mm -hmm. Just to try to put them into pain that way. Um, I personally like to give the person the comparison of look at, you know, Bob or Jane, look what happened to Bob or Jane. Don't be Bob or Jane. Um, as opposed to making it a little too close to home, but every business is a little bit different. There's there's advantages and disadvantages to you know making people shake in the knees. So can you give a little more context, just even for me? I mean, I would I'm curious to know what you think about how this applies to that specifically. Can you talk about how to make it where the impact is felt, but we're not necessarily like doom and glooming them?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a line to walk, and generally I like to use statistics versus emotion for me. So I want to show them how if they don't fix these problems, how it's going to end up costing them money, how it's going to cost them um, their reputation against their competitor in the marketplace. In other words, how their competitor may excel past them in the marketplace. I want to show them how it's going to slow their company down from growing and scaling. Then I want to move on to their goals. And I want to show them by not hitting their goals, how, again, it's going to cost them money how it's going to cost them missed opportunity, how it's going to cost them a relationship in the marketplace. Sometimes their goals and challenges are actually the same. They're very similar heads and tails of the same coin. Sometimes they're different, which isn't bad. The point is if someone has to wake up and and move out of their, uh, their rut and their, their complacency to go actually make something happen, And for all of us, we're busy, right? All of us are busy. We have so much to do. We know there's certain things that need to be fixed about our businesses, but it's not causing us enough pain to actually spend the time and energy and resources to go fix it. And that's your job as a salesperson, as a CEO, and as someone who's leading a sales team. We have to spend the time to present them to data. For them to see, like, oh my gosh, look at all the lost opportunity, look at the impact financially on me, look at the impact on my staff, look at the impact of my reputation in the marketplace. For them to get out of complacency. That's what this phase is all about, moving someone out of complacency. Because remember, most of the time, your customer or potential customer already knows this needs to be fixed. They're not naive. They're just not makes a lot of sense. They just haven't been willing to fix it yet. So in this stage, one other thing that has to be reinforced is that you want to reinforce that you have the ability to help them fix their challenges and get them to their goal. This is really important, but you got to write this down. People have to feel like you are you understand what they need. They have to feel like you're getting them, like you get their challenge, you get their goal, and that you have the capability. And the understanding of how to fix those challenges and get them to their goals. So many people think this is obvious. It's not. You have to verbally tell someone I and explain, here's how I understand your challenges. Here's how I understand your goals. And here's our ability to fix these challenges. Here's what we've done for other clients to fix these challenges and get people to their goals. They have to feel like you have the understanding. And the, the the capability because again, if they don't trust you, if they don't trust that you actually know how to do this and you've done it before, they're going to be a little bit leery and they're not going to move into the next phase.
0: We've covered part one of stage three. Now moving on to part two, which is what are the results you'll get? We've already determined this is worth it. We know that. Okay, mm-hmm. and the, what, how to make people feel this is worth it? But in terms of what results somebody will get, can you take us through the formula of part two now of stage three? Yeah. Again, this is a very direct, very obvious
1: stage, but we have to make sure we nail it. So our job with what results am I going to get is to clearly and powerfully explain to them, here's the results, like the positive impact that you're going to get by utilizing our product or service. So our product or service is going to positively impact your goals this way. Our product or service is going to positively impact your challenges this way. We have to show them what's possible, right? So let's see if I can say this in a succinct way. What's happening here is we're first showing them the impact. Here's all the negative that's going to happen if you don't hit your goals and you don't fix these challenges. Then in the same breath, you're going to show them the other side of the coin and Here's the positive that you're going to get when we fix these challenges. Here's the positive you're going to get when we get you to your goal. Comparing and contrasting the negative of what could happen if they don't with the positive of what they will get when they do, that mashup causes a crescendo. It causes someone's brain to move to the tipping point of, wow, I want to fix this. I see a possibility here. I see an, I see an opportunity to move forward with your product or service that's going to get me what I want. They can see the opportunity and that's the crescendo. So when you right, like have this
0: specific thing facilitates something else that I'm trying to do. Aha, like that kind of moment. Exactly. Because remember everybody, phase 3 has two parts. Is it
1: worth it and what results am I going to get? And remember like I'm saying Though I'm teaching this to you in a linear fashion, these two things are happening simultaneously together in the conversation. So if I was having this conversation with Ryan about, you know, buying a, a new computer, we would be talking about here's the impact that your old computer is going to have if we don't fix it and you could lose data. You know, here's, you know, you want to have a goal of being able to do this, this, and this. Well, this won't do it. And at the same time, this new computer is going to provide this. This new computer is going to get you here. It's going to solve those problems. It's going to get you these goals. So by in one conversation, succinctly talking about the positives against the negative impacts, that mashup causes someone to peak and they become really open to suggestion. They become really open to what's
0: possible. And that's the opportunity. That's really powerful. So now that you've gotten us there, what's the impact of stage three? Okay. So we're, we're, we're talking about incorporating these two distinct parts Mm -hmm. the right way. And what's the impact of that having if we, if we succeed or if we fail to convey these things properly,
1: man, this, this is a, this becomes the missed opportunity. If we don't nail this one, the conversation erodes pretty quick because you, you missed the timing. This is a, this is a very energetic phase where there, there's clearly a, an opportunity or not. And if you miss this, the conversation starts to erode. Another way that you know, you're missing this phase. People start asking you questions. People will start asking you all kinds of questions. If you're getting peppered with questions, it's a clear sign. You did not do this phase correctly. Here's the problem. If someone starts asking you a lot of questions at this stage of your sales process, what's happening is they're losing faith and trust in your product or service, whether it's the credibility of it, whether it's the capability, like your product or service is not going to get me what I'm looking for. And when they're having to ask questions to get their needs met, to get their questions answered in that moment, they are backsliding this whole relationship is now backsliding and you're going to have to work very hard to rebuild it. And oftentimes it's not rebuildable and you miss out. And a lot of times the way they leave it is, okay, well, thank you for your time. Let me think about it. Let me ask my business partner. Let me, let me ask my, my spouse. And that's how, you know, you really missed the phase.
0: Okay. So I'm sure everybody out there is nodding their head in agreement or mind blown and looking at, Okay, this all makes sense to me. This is incredible. I've never looked at it this exact way before, but this tracks. This is what I experience day to day with these brands that I'm. I'm finally now aware of what they're doing on me with the voodoo. Um, how do I now take all this information and actually incorporate it into my sales process? Can you give us some specific actions we can take to action upon this?
1: Absolutely. Your sales process has to have the following. You have to have an aspect or a step or stage here. Where your sales process is extracting their goals, their challenges, their concerns, or whatever it is that matters to them. You have to have that. Next, your sales process has to exploit the impact. And I mean, really, really exploit the impact, whether it's how much money they're losing out on, how it's hurting their company culture, how it's going to diminish them in their rankings online, how it's going to hurt them against their competition. You have to do a solid job of making them feel the pain. Next, it's showing them the possibility of what we could get them. What is your product or service going to get them as far as results? And you have to, again, clearly lay out. These are the results you would get by utilizing our product or service. Here's how our product or service is going to fix your challenges, fix and and get you to those goals. And again, you have to reinforce everybody. Your sales process must, must, must reinforce. That we are capable as a company, our product or service is capable of fixing these challenges and getting you to these goals. You have to reinforce that at this stage because they're putting their faith and trust into your product or service or your company or you, that it's possible. So by mashing all that up, people then become open and you'll feel that there is a, a peak or heightened aspect to the conversation. And naturally, it usually moves you into the next phase
0: automatically. All right. That is awesome. All right. So now I'm I'm ready to just start another company with all this vinegar that you're putting in me that I can take, take all this scientific stuff and apply a formula to being successful. This is awesome. And that takes us into the next phase now that we're, we're still in sales. okay, And in this phase, the lead that we're focused on is determining whether or not they're actually going to buy or not buy from us. Okay, so can you take us through stage four, please? Yeah, so is this something that you would
1: like to do? That's where their brain's at. Is this something that you would like to do? This is the ask, everybody. So stage four, stage five is very simple. It's it's simple, but it's not easy. Okay, so it's simple, but not easy. So it's stage four, is this something that you would like to do? So here's the formula for this stage. You have to be clear, you have to be direct, and you have to ask, is this something you like to do? Would you like to move forward? Ryan, I, s- I know you see this all the time with people because you train a lot of salespeople in the organization that you're in. And you have people that are good at talking about their product or service and getting people excited. But when it comes to the let's do this, they get
0: weird. People just get weird at this phase. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's the it's the well, I mean. Uh, not to be uh, insensitive, but I guess we call it like the killer instinct, right? Yeah. Where it's, um, this is something where you're watching the nature channel. It's like the cheetah is chasing whatever it's trying to catch. Um, here's the point where a lot of people get tired in the sales process. Um, Correct. They're, they're not willing to take that last little leap to catch uh, what they're trying to go after. Um, where the pushbacks are starting to feel insurmountable is the word that I would use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's where I'll get a call from one of my guys saying to me, yeah, he just wasn't ready or just he wants to think about it or he's got to check with his business partners or something like some version of it's just not the right time. Um, and I know that there was a breakdown in this specific process. Exactly. So this is the thing with this stage, everybody.
1: Like I said, in stage three, the stage right before this you're going to feel you'll be able to hear in people's tone, in their pitch, in their energy level, you're gonna feel a peak and that's the opening for action that naturally moves us into stage four and you have to be able to be very present. So here's here's you know here's the formula. be present. you have to be really present to how someone's acting with you. What are they saying? You should be able to kind of ride that momentum and kind of feel the energy there that oh my gosh. There's an opening here and you have to act quickly or else the energy will change very fast because momentum of conversation can move in minutes. So one formula, be present to the conversation. And when you feel the opening, when you hear that opening, clear, direct ask, would you like to move forward? Is this something you'd like to do? That's it. That's all you have to do. So you have to know your phrase. Is this something you like to do? Would you like to move forward? Whatever your phrase is, deliver the phrase. I watch a lot yeah. of people get nervous here, don't you? And you, they, they they talk for
0: minutes about this. They try to reconvince them because they're nervous. Yeah. Right. It's just something as simple as uh, let's talk about the next steps to to get this completed. Um, you know, can we can we get this taken care of today? Um different versions of closing it closing statements this is where you have to always be closing right you want to wrap this up at this point yes um asking for other objections is opening them up to find them like i I like to ask things like have i answered all of the questions that you've got um is there any other material that you're looking to see on this to close any gaps and where you might not be fully confident um in in ways that are not necessarily asking them to think about elephants and to find other problems or things wrong with doing this. Right. Absolutely. So what is the impact of stage 4 on the business? I mean, you and I we kind of called it out and identified it here and I guess the obvious one is that maybe it's just not successful overall. But can you talk about how this is something where if you do it properly um, you're you're well on the way to completing the sale. And maybe if you're not, how you're opening yourself up to either losing the opportunity or and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I think we've all as business
1: owners experienced this multiple times where we kind of flubbed it up a little bit and we were casual or we were nervous and, and we just didn't quite follow our process that we knew to follow. So at this thing, at, at this at this stage of stage four, the impact really is, is the the sale starts to erode right? Because people are are giving us a, a sign that they're ready to move forward. And if we talk too much and oversell, like we talk too long, like I know you've seen this too, Ryan, where people are nervous, and they're talking, 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 instead of just shutting up and asking the question, the thing starts to erode. People get deal fatigue. Deal fatigue is a real thing. And people start to erode. People stop interacting with us as much. And there's just something now odd or weird in the space. And there's a wobble where before it was a crescendo and it was powerful and it was crisp and clear. We've now taken it too long or we, we miss the opportunity. It starts to become just deal fatigue, wobbly, insecure, and there's now just something in the space. Something else that I would kind of insert here too people who are a little nervous with sales tend to want to do uh, more messaging or emailing about sales.
0: All right, so we've covered the impact of this and we've covered how it can go good and it can go bad for us. But can you take us through that we did in the other stages, you did this really well for us. Can you take us through how to take this information and make this actionable as part of our sales process? Absolutely. So the, the actual
1: aspect of this stage is really being present. You have to be present to how the other person is acting, what they're saying and the overall energy of the conversation and make sure it's really in a heightened state. That heightened state allows you to know it's time. There's a window of opportunity now where you can ask. And then second, again, having a clean, clear, powerful ask. Make sure when you're asking, you're saying it in a very leadership fashion, you know, more of a dominating fashion. Don't be subservient to when you're asking. So pay attention to how you're being. Be strong, be assertive, really say it clear, say it powerfully and expect a yes.
0: All right, so thank you so much for that. We're going to move into the next phase. So we're we're still in the sales phase, okay? And in this phase, the lead is determining if they are going to buy or not buy from us still. However... Now we're moving into stage five, which is, this is the, this is the final piece of the puzzle here. The final piece. Okay. This is the close. This is the kill. Yep. Stage five is the signed contract and the exchange of money. Can you take us through that? Absolutely. Again, stage four, stage five is relatively simple, but not easy.
1: So what's happening to this thing is that there's two distinct pieces here. We have to get a signed contract and we have to collect payment. A sale is not done until something has been inked and money has been exchanged. So it's absolutely critical at this stage that you have an aspect to your sales process. And that aspect has very clear by whens that someone must return the contract signed and must execute payment with you. And the the, 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 the formula here is you have to move promptly. Okay. Okay just like phase four, stage four, stage five also has timing to it. So you have to be very aware of timing. If someone says yes, and they verbally committed, which is just verbal, doesn't mean anything. If someone's verbally committed, there is a window of time to get them that contract and get it signed and get back to you. There's a window of time you have to receive payment because nothing is real until both of those things have been executed. So what happens with a lot of people is they get excited. They closed, they closed it verbally and they, they lag, they delay on getting the contract out and the contract back. They don't have a system for getting contracts back on time. They don't have a system for getting payments in on time. So the longer you go from the verbal yes to actually receiving contract and payment, that window of time erodes the sale. So let's talk about the impact here because it naturally happens as you drag this out or as there's a time lapse or a time gap between the verbal, yes, and actually receiving everything, people become more flaky. They stop interacting with you. They start to second guess what they're doing because remember they're not present to the impact. They're not present to what they could get out of this product or service. So now that they verbally said yes, those, those thoughts, those memories start to slip and fade, and the complacency that was originally there arises again, and you start to see people become a little bit flakier with their uh, agreement, and sometimes they start to negotiate with you. Hey, you know, can we do like three months instead of six months? You know, you know, what is there any any other options on payment? You'll start to notice that problems start to arise, and it's because you took too long. So. At this phase, it's really, really critical that your sales process has a mechanism that that says buy when to get this contract back, buy when to get the payment in. That helps solidify this
0: phase. All right, so let's move into the next phase. We're still in the sales phase, okay? And in this phase, the lead is still determining if they're going to buy or not buy from us. But this is the end. This is the closer. This is actually bringing the sales cycle to completion and walking away with a victory on this. So stage five being the signed contract and the exchange of money or whatever version of that is for your business and your industry. Okay. So Aaron, can you take us through the formula for stage five? Absolutely. So again, simple, but not easy. This is a
1: very simple phase. In stage five, the formula is get a signed contract and collect your payment. You have to have an aspect of your sales process, a system. And that system could be a series of emails. It could be how you follow up. But your sales process must manage getting the signed contract promptly, getting payment received promptly. That promptness is clutch. It's absolutely clutch Or people will start to backslide. And just remember, please have clear by when dates that the agreement and the payment is due into you that's the formula
0: so okay the formula it makes perfect sense to me and i'm sure it does to to our listeners but i can tell that people are probably jumping out of their seat to know what's the impact of this and then we're going to talk about actionable insights for this as well but take us through the impact of stage five if this isn't done properly this is a laundry list of things. This is where so many companies and entrepreneurs that we talk to get in trouble for not having navigated this formula properly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've all experienced this one too, Ryan. I know, I know I definitely have, especially when I was younger in my career. So when someone gives you a verbal, a lot of entrepreneurs think it's done, it's inked. And that's a huge, huge rookie mistake. Psychologically, until someone has signed their contract and given you money, given you the payment, the sale is definitely not complete. So here's the impact. If you're not prompt about getting your contract back, if you're not prompt about receiving money, then what happens is many times people start to go back on their word. Things start to unravel. People forget about the impact. People forget about what's possible. And that complacency starts to arise and overtake them. And they start to be like, oh, I'll do this later. Maybe in a couple more months, I'll, I'll do this. Or they start to renegotiate terms. Hey, can we just do this for three months instead of six? Or is there any other payment terms? Or can we do a smaller package? Things start to unravel. And it, it undoes all the work that you've done up to this point. So again, you have to be very prompt about the delivery your contract very prompt about receiving money and
0: you always have to put by when dates you want these things back so that's that's something that we need to make sure you know we're we're adhering to very strictly because those by when dates those dues understanding things like net terms understanding things like you know what happens if that's not met um, setting expectations, which we have covered in previous build episodes mm-hmm. is to, in my opinion, is the, the biggest thing that helps a business get successful and to have as many clients in that, you know, decade plus club that Pantheon, right. like I'm very proud to have a couple dozen clients that are in the 10 year plus club. Yes. I'm 34, you know? And the, one of those reasons that I've been able to do that is because you have to focus on making sure people know what to expect and what's coming. I sometimes fight vehemently with my own colleagues about, no, we need to set the expectation for these people early in the process because they don't know what to ask. We can't surprise them later with different things that we know. We have to make sure that they know the things that they don't know, the questions that to come up, the way that they need to be addressing these things. So with that in mind, what are the specific actions? What are the specific sales applications for stage five, how do we incorporate these things into our process?
1: Yeah, great question. So, what I usually recommend here is you have to have pre-created emails that usher over your agreement and usher over payment. So that these are pre-typed up emails, subject lines that are very, how I'd say, I guess, coaching. They're very stringent. They're directions. They're they're very much written like directions. Please fill this out. Please sign on these lines. Please do this. Please have this back by this day at this time. These emails are foundational to your sales process. They are part of your sales process. They are guiding your potential client through the finish line. So whether that's follow-up phone calls, whether that's scheduling next steps and having those next steps actually scheduled, um, all of these things should be part of your sales process and typed up. So that the minute someone says yes, these, you know, one, two, three, four things get scheduled with them. The agreement is sent in a, in a very created email. A payment is being received in a very specific way that all this is being very controlled. And that control guarantees people adhere to the, the verbal yes that they then said. And it helps move them across the finish line. That's what I would say is the, is the, uh, the thing that needs to be built into people's sales
0: process. Okay. So we've, we've done a lot. We've moved through the five different stages, including two parts of one stage. So almost like, you know, 5.5 stages, right? Yes. We've moved through these different stages. We've taken our our listeners all the way through from, from inception to completion, how the sales process affects the human brain, how the marketing process affects the human brain and how big brands, now that we're all listening to this, we can kind of hear Through this lens, the way that these things are targeted at us through all forms of advertising, both passive and active. Okay, we need to summarize this, which is going to be a tough task for you, Aaron. I know you're you're a a brilliant person when it comes to this topic, Um, one of a a select few that actually has this kind of intimate relationship to the material. But if you can, can you please summarize for us, you know, the content here, the takeaway, um, and maybe what we should do for ourselves to be able to start working with this material? Absolutely.
1: So everyone, very much like Ryan said,
0: I invite you
1: over the next week to start paying attention to commercials and advertisements and ask yourself, what stages are they covering with me? Did you hear the credibility in the advertisement? Did you hear how does this apply to me in the advertisement? Is it worth it? What results am I going to get? So start paying attention to all these marketing ads that you're being bombarded with. Are they covering you know, stage one, stage two, and stage three, or part of stage three, just stage one and two, as you start to look for it in other places, you're going to train yourself how to see it, how to hear it, and how to deliver it yourself. So that's one piece of homework. Next, as a summary, it's your sales process. One of the biggest things I need you guys to take away from today's podcast is your sales process has to embody all five stages. So please, please, please for homework, Write out your sales process, every single verbal conversation, email step that happens the minute your company gets a lead, all the way through the place where that lead says yes and wants to hire you and they sign the contract and they give you money. I want that written out and I want you to clearly type in or write in everything that needs to be said, everything that needs to be done to fulfill on each one of these five stages. And next, please do a marketing and sales audit. Look at your marketing material. Look at your sales material. That could be your website, your brochure, your sales scripts, your marketing scripts. Look at all of it and really layer on top of it our five stages and see where are these five stages missing? Or what I see most, where are these five stages out of order? Having coached thousands and thousands of businesses over the years, the number one thing I see is that people's sales process is out of order from these five stages. Almost every, almost every week when I'm doing this with people, something about their sales process is out of order with these five stages, which causes a little bit of a hick, a little, a little hiccup
0: in the process. So that would be the summary. That's a powerful summary. And where, where could people go to maybe find a little bit more information from, for about this? Are they... Are they looking on YouTube? Is there a special TED Talk that you like? Are there any books on the subject or at least, you know, authors or people in the space that you think or even brands that you think utilize these kinds of things especially well that people can go look for examples?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's two books that I recommend to a lot of my clients that are really great with language. I know this is something you've turned me on to. You and I talk about this on a lot of our podcasts, Ryan. Um, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Uh, I, he's, he's just a master negotiator. Um, he's really great at teaching words, phrases, and language and how it impacts the brain. And then I would say another book that, that you've turned me on to that I love. And I tell all my clients about is exactly what to say by Phil Jones. Exactly what to say by Phil Jones is just an absolute amazing book. Again, it's very similar. They're teaching you words and phrases and, and what to say and how it impacts the brain, what not to say and how that impacts the brain. It's, it's just a, it's an art that we can all spend our life studying. What about you, Ryan? Are there any books that you recommend that have made a difference for
0: you over the years? Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty much anything written by Dr. Frank Luntz. I I probably sound like a broken record for the big fans (laughs) of the podcast. Um, But everything from Words That Work to uh, How to Win at Business to um, one that actually is a a little bit of a tougher read. It's not as narrative. It's not as much of a a standard book um, as most people would read. It's full of a lot of stats. A lot of poll results is what Americans really want, comma really, um, and it's a it's actually a, a book of case study results and analysis on focus groups of Americans all over the country and how they respond to different things. Um, that one's really powerful because it gives you it gives you like a lot of raw data as opposed to just somebody's opinion about different things throughout the entire book. Um, but the expert analysis is really really powerful for me, and it also says a lot about what people are willing to say out loud versus the way that they actually push a button and how they feel about something when it's more anonymized. You know, we're all different people. If you give us some degree of anonymity and people are out there probably shouting at their radio or their phone, you know, yeah, it's like social media. Yes, exactly. Like social media, Um, you know, people are not always willing to say to you or to your salespeople or to your marketing people or to your focus group director exactly how they think and feel. Um, they sometimes will do that with their actions. So yeah. I, I also recommend things like that because it can help you get creative in the way that you are attempting to gather this information from your customers. Um, there's also this, uh, you, you've been to airports a lot cause you travel all over speaking around the world and you also like to have your fun on the slopes and stuff. Um, you, you have, when you're leaving like certain parts of the airport, especially like the restrooms and stuff, mm-hmm. they have that like happy face, medium face, and sad face that you're supposed right. to hit on the way out of the bathroom. Um, they call these CSAT scores, customer satisfaction scores. And there's a company out there, it's called Smile Back, um, that I recommend to a lot of my clients and people who are asking me for, you know, how can we get more in tune with our customers? um it's a it's a really simple sign up and it adds something to the email signature of either your staff um or you can add it to the different kinds of materials you're disseminating to your clientele and it just adds that it adds the happy face neutral face sad face uh, to different things that you're sending out so if somebody wants to give snap feedback they can it it sends back context it asks them if they want to leave more information about why they clicked that Um, You know, so there's, there are active direct ways to try to get feedback from people and there are more passive ones. Uh, But the thing is, you do want to be listening and paying attention and training your staff to read between the lines. People are not always saying what's actually important to them in the words that they're choosing. Right. Right. And people need to be very slow and deliberate when you're taking notes, when you're reading a transcript of a phone call. Right. That's popular now. Is the quality assurance people don't even listen to the calls all the time anymore? They're actually reading transcripts now. Ah. Transcripts aren't annotated with how people feel and how they're saying stuff, how long they paused before they answered something. Right. You know, how distracted they were. But, you know, hold on one second. Somebody needs to ask me something. If that's happening a whole bunch of times throughout the call, to me, that screams that the person is not as locked in or as interested as they need to be. And I have more work to do. Versus if it's a closed door meeting and they were super intent listening to me breathe the whole time, you know, that that's a different story as well. Agreed. Um, so, I, yeah, that's my piece about it. So with that, I think we gave people a lot of great information. Please make sure to check the show notes. We will have the books that Aaron mentioned. Um, I'll have some more information that I just kind of added there with some links and the, uh, the other book I discussed Um, So please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. It does help us and it helps other like-minded entrepreneurs such as yourself find us and the material and the tools that we're sharing with everybody. It was an awesome, awesome time discussing the brain science of marketing and sales. Please look out for our alerts on our, our webinar series that we've been sending out to people in our network. Um, And make sure to be sending us different questions. We like to hear from you. Some of the things that we've gotten from our audience members and from our listeners have not only been thought-provoking, but have actually started to influence our topic research when we're discussing which episodes to do uh, and the information that we're sending out. It's been awesome to get to provide people with a precise tool that they asked us for, like, hey, did you have that template or that Excel sheet that you guys discussed and different things like that or more context on resources. So, with that, thank you so much, Aaron, for sharing with us all of this information. It's always a pleasure doing the show with you. And thank you so much to our audience for joining us here on the Buildify Method podcast. We will talk to you guys very soon.